Want to create a breakthrough gene therapy or life-saving vaccine? Pioneer aerospace excellence? Take your hospitality tech brand international? Montgomery County, Maryland is where you can do all that and more. Use our ideal location next to D.C. Diverse world-class talent and our vast business resources to be the next company to make your mark and transform the world. Visit bnext.thinkmoco.com. That's bnext.thinkmoco.com to learn how we can help you create something remarkable. It's the gentle ocean breeze that sweeps you off your feet. The 99 holes of championship golf that offer endless possibilities. The small town southern charm that embraces you everywhere you go. From the beaches in the east to the marshes in the west, there's a special feeling you get on Amelia Island. It's a real thing. It's an island thing. Make it your thing. Start planning your Northeast Florida beach escape now at AmeliaIsland.com. Hello everybody and welcome back. Thank you very much for joining me. My name is Deborah Hatswell and you're listening to BBR Investigations. Now a few weeks ago I promised to share some new reports. They've been sent to me from the area of the infamous Shropi Canal Mwangmunke. Tonight I will share those reports with you along with a new witness report in the Danes Dyke area and some recent reports that have taken place in a number of well-known UK hotspots. Now, if you are interested in the cryptid or 14 subjects, you will no doubt have heard of the host of eyewitness accounts that have taken place close to the Shropi Canal or the Canic Chase area. I also have witness reports in the Pendford area, and recently I was contacted by a fellow investigator who shared a recent case with me that he's been working on. The report takes place where the historical reports of the Canal Man Monkey have taken place, as a little background context for anyone who's not heard the story of the strange ape man who would attack travellers as they made their way home. In 1879, when a carter passed, that was late one January night, he was startled by this hulking hairy shape that leapt towards him and his horse. The huge creature was seen again in the 1980s and was described as a huge black hairy monkey by a man on a boating holiday with his family. As the family members were down in the barge, there were no other witnesses to this hairy horror. Now, another report has come in from a lady who lives local to the area. She contacted BBR investigator, we know as chaos in our community. His real name's Seb. And he's investigating a number of reports down there after a personal experience of his own. I will be interviewing and chatting with both Seb and Nikki in the next week or two. So if you've got any questions for them, please let me know in the comments section and I can ask them when we chat. If they both give permission, I will also share both of those interviews with you all. Now our witness's name is Nikki and her report is called A Snouted Werewolf or an Ape Man. And it took place in autumn of 2022, it's quite recent. And she said, hello, I was passed on your details from Seb, who I was put in touch with by my sister-in-law. 
he said you're the queen of the weird which to be honest i'm a bit worried about i'm not really sure how people are going to take hearing what happened to me i told my mum and my brother and they both laughed my brother pretty much said it was probably a weird creep my mum said it was a tramp who was probably living under the bridge i have lived in the area all my life and i was even best mates with a girl who lived in the house with the back garden that goes onto the canal end and the bridge is in full view of that house so no tramp's gonna live under there and it's one of those places it's always dank and wet with pools of dripping water from the ceiling i don't know why i even tried explaining these things to be honest because i know full well what i saw and it wasn't a man on the day it happened i was walking along the canal as it's a shortcut that runs between the penford estate between Penford and Marsh Lane. The walk leads to where I live. Anyhow, on the day I saw him, I cut through the alleyway and went onto the canal track. It's dark, but I only had about 30 metres of canal track to walk and then the bridge is right there. There's a street light at the far end of the bridge and it just shows the canal path, but it doesn't light up anything other than the path. I was just on the grass hill between Padbury and the bridge. And I could see someone sitting on the canal bridge to my left as I approached it. The first thing I thought was, it had to be someone dressed in one of those camo army ghillie suits. The person was sitting with their back to me. When I obviously approached them, they turned slightly. And at the same time, they launched themselves down from the bridge. And I heard them land in the shrubbery in the trees that are at the canal track side of the bridge. I could only recall really seeing the front of one side of this thing as it turned from the bridge as it did that the light illuminated it enough for me to say that i was not looking at a person at all in fact it looked like something with a monkey type face i'd say it wasn't a suit it was covered in dark black hair when it was launching down from the side of the bridge i saw the shape of its face but i could only see the profile I couldn't see the face head on, but from the side profile, I would say this thing had a bloody great muzzle. And I thought to myself, and this is what my mum and my brother think I'm barmy for, because I thought to myself, it looks like a werewolf. And in that very moment, it did. It didn't look like a monkey at all. I honestly don't know what to make of it, but I knew I had to get over the bridge to go home and I was right at the edge of it by then. I held my breath and just walked the last few steps, staying as close to the middle of the bridge as I could, because I kept thinking I was gonna be grabbed by this thing and taken over the side. I just reached the metal gateway that you walk, you know, on one side and then around the other. They kind of put them there to stop the cars and the bikes going down. I just got to the opening of that, and I was just about to get a sigh of relief when I heard what I can only describe as demonic laughter or a taunting cry of some kind. I know it was coming from the side of the bridge where this thing jumped and it was the most frightening thing knowing this. To be honest with you, the way it made me feel hasn't left me. Just writing this out to sense you gives me the chills. This thing is, I've always been interested in creepy things. I'm the paranormal but I've never seen or experienced anything. And I certainly would not have ever considered myself sensitive or drawn to anything like that, as I know many people who see things are.
I've always been into hearing about other people having weird stories, but in 38 years, I've not had any odd things happen to me, not even an off feeling of some kind. And I mention that because the way this thing made me feel at the time is if I knew something somehow, and I don't quite understand that. It was like I knew it was just pure dripping evil. I didn't just think that from its look or the sound it was making. Somehow I knew without doubt it had bad intentions. I'm not religious in the slightest. I just know whatever it was, it was through and through evil. And the other thing I knew without doubt is that it was enjoying somehow the way it was terrifying me. Like it knew what I was feeling. It truly affected me. And I don't even like going to the shops on Harrowby Road anymore, as across the road is a field leading to Marsh Lane, side of the bridge. I've never told my friend who lives in Penford area. I was not going to tell anybody else after the reaction from my mum and my brother. Then my brother had obviously told his wife, because she rang me, and she was actually genuinely listening to me. And that's when she asked if I'd speak to someone who teaches a class at a university. And that turned out to be Seb. I'll be honest, the weight lifted from me after speaking to him. It was like a relief, like I was about to sigh again. Since that night of the laughter, I felt all bundled up in my stomach. Seb told me to read your books on Amazon, and I did. I'm so grateful to know there's so many other people out there who have felt that fear and seen whatever these things are. I've met with Seb. And I've told him I'm happy to share with you and your followers. Honestly, I admire you for all you guys do. I don't think you know how much it can mean to people. And if I can help by sharing what happened to me, I will. I understand completely how Nicky feels, as do many of you out there. Why was that creature waiting on the bridge? It would have heard and smelt her coming long before she reached the hill, let alone the bridge. It could easily have hidden away and let her walk on by none the wiser. Is there something about Nicker that attracted this creature to her? Is that the case with all of the reports that I'll share tonight? Myself and Seb had a catch-up after he'd spoken with Nicky and he said, Do you recall that time in the chat once during your live stream show? You did a good couple of months back now, Deb, and I told you about the time I was walking along the path from the canal up to the bridge with my fishing gear after a day's fishing. And I heard something that was obviously trying to mimic the sound of a baby crying. Hopefully you do, because it was that very bridge. The same bridge Nikki saw her creature. This is something I haven't shared with Nikki, Seb said. Because I always find it best to get all of the information from the witness on their experience before sharing things like that with them. Even without intending to. Or with the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Without realising, it can influence certain details, which is why I want to make sure everything she can remember is established before sharing that. There is something very wrong going on in that area. Bear in mind that the bridge is literally a third of a mile from the Penford Mill Lane. Seb said, that becomes Lawn Lane and that is the road that the nature reserves on. This lane is where I saw something run across the road in front of me and it was running on four legs, but very awkwardly. It reminded me of the awkward robotic way the tall alien things walked around when they first attacked in War of the Worlds. The movement was just so unnatural and I'd felt something was very wrong all the way from when I got onto that lane to cut through Cobbin, coming back from Penkridge one night. The entire atmosphere was different. It was like my senses were reacting to the abnormal atmosphere. I know people say this sometimes, Deb, but nothing describes it better when I say the atmosphere was electrical. A break when this thing crossed, and I saw it at the opposite side of the lane before it went into the field and out of view. It stopped moving, and it just stood upright. I could see fairly well from my headlights, but not like you would if it had been directly in front of me. But I saw it clearly enough to know it had stood upright and was actually standing at the opening of the field. There's like a gap between the tall hedge line that runs along the lane on both sides. And it was an opening leading to the farmer's field. It had a huge wooden gate with those panels going across, you know, where they go diagonally. It stood with one hand on the gate, turned slightly, and I could clearly see it was looking at me from the side of its eyes, but it wasn't facing me. That's the part I cannot process, because when it ran across, it was obviously moving all wrong, but it was animalistic. And when it stood up, it's like it had changed completely. It had no snout, but it did have pointed ears and tufts of fur on its elbows and shoulders. And it had like a he a hyena type mane. It looked more like a piggy shaped nose, but it was human too. Its arms and legs were hairy but I could see skin. It had really long hair and these random tufts of hair. Seb said, the hand I could see had long fingers and long sharp nails, not claws. It took its hand off the bar. It jumped over the gate from a fixed position. There was no preparation for the jump. There was no taking a run up or a leg up to assist itself. It just bounded over that gate and was off into the darkness. I don't know what that thing was. And there's no way that that's a coincidence, Deb. 
I would agree with Seb. There is a reason he's being pulled to that bridge. The Shropy Canal is known as the most haunted canal in the UK. There are no such things as coincidences. And when it comes to creatures, there's always a reason for their presence. The robotic description really caught my interest, as I've heard that description from witnesses a number of times now. And it fits with the theory that this is not a flesh and blood creature that was acting naturally. This is a magnetic facsimile that tries to emulate what you fear the most. For the sake of ease, during this podcast, I will use the word creature when discussing the being that was witnessed. In each of the cases on the shopper, the creature seems to want to be seen. It doesn't hide until the person's passed. Even jumping from the bridge could be seen as the creature running away. But I think it made that jump to show her just exactly what it could do. And it did it to ramp up the fear factor. Why a lone female at night? That, my friends, is not a cryptid who wants to connect in a positive way with us humans. That's a creature that has existed in some way since the late 1800s and probably before that, using its presence to scare and shock people as they go by. There are, of course, many other reports within the 10-mile radius of this experience. Far too many for me to read them all here tonight. On the same side as the canal and the path our witness was following, there's a report within a quarter of a mile that I believe to be the same creature. This happened in June of 2015, so not that long before. And it came in to the 40s and the chap says, I witnessed this creature whilst driving home one night about midnight. I was in the Penford area of Wolverhampton. It was a bright night and there were streetlights along the road. I was doing a journey I've done hundreds of times before when something bad happened. I suddenly saw a strange creature on all fours running to the road in front of the car. It was like it happened in slow motion. The creature resembled a werewolf out of the Harry Potter film. And I am a total non-believer in the supernatural, but I cannot deny what I saw with my own eyes that night. Even to this day, it is a very clear image in my head. Openly researching with local farmers, asking if they'd seen or heard anything, resulted in some interesting comments. The farmer whose land the creature ran onto has said his dog, who is not bothered by badgers or foxes, is spooked by something in the darkness. Sometimes at night when he goes to check on his stock, the dog goes nuts and won't leave his side and stays within the light at all times. The farmer said this has always made him think that something was out there that couldn't be seen and he's a bit apprehensive as his dog is normally really hard and nothing bothers him at all. You're probably thinking, hang on, Deb, the descriptions are different. How can you say that it's the same creature? I say that because we're dealing with something that's not flesh and blood. Something can change its metaphysical shape into one that will scare you the most. For our first witness, it was a snouted werewolf-like creature, a classic werewolf from the Hammer House of Horror films, sometimes known as a dogman. For the witness driving, it showed as a thin, gangly werewolf, that looked like the creature from the Harry Potter films. Both of these creatures had the same objective. Scope out said victim, check to see what scares them the most, then transform into that very thing and lap up the fear like a cat with cream. A cat is a good analogy, as sometimes these creatures play with their prey, just as a cat would with a mouse. 
Their objective is to create as much fear as possible. And not just fear in the moment, fear that you feel when you relive that event. So that's a never-ending supply of luscious fear for any energy-feeding being to latch onto. In some cases, though, I find that the creature I'm being, as it's being presented, is stuck to that area for some reason. They rarely roam far from it. Are these the areas where ancient Earth energy is now disturbed, leaving what was once a connected energy interchange is now little more than a depleted switchboard devoid of pathways. Some energy beings will roam the world for victims, but ones like these are seen over and over in the same place. Are they unable to leave and wander? Do they fester there for centuries, hoping to pick off small prey like an energy shark? Without that fear, they grow weaker and weaker and become no more than negative space. That is one of the ways we can beat them. But it is not for the faint-hearted. Standing there as a mere human and sending an EME to dust takes some minerals. But eventually, there will be enough of us fighting back that a tipping point will be reached. We have talked before you and I about areas of high strangeness, the areas that have many types of activity happening. One area I visited where the energy was so strong that I was sick I was actually physically sick, was at Danes Dyke in Yorkshire. The energy is clear, even on the main road. As you turn into the lane, the air is thick and horrid. Some being stalks that hill, and he affects every person he can who visits there. Even around the cafe kiosk, the energy feels off. It's kind of rancid somehow. Recently, I shared a report with you from the Benton Cliffs area. And the report was made by two ladies who visited the cliffs on holiday and they saw the Benton Beast for themselves. This weekend, one of the ladies contacted me after an experience at Danes Dyke that had a profound effect on her. And it happened October 22. Witness report from Sarah and she says, Hi Debbie, I'm just reaching out to you about something I saw yesterday. I'm Sarah, the girl who reached out to you before when we saw something at Benton Cliffs. Yesterday I had a family day out planned as the kids are off school and we went for a walk around Danes Dyke. Before we got there I did some protection for myself and my family and I'm glad I did. As soon as I got there, almost instantly, I felt an energy and a strong presence. We were just walking on the beach at Danes Dyke when I looked up at the cliff top and I saw something standing there. It was about the height and the width of a person, but it definitely wasn't a person. It was almost shimmering. It was reflecting the light somehow. I was trying to figure out what it was and I was going to zoom in on my camera on my phone and see if I could make it out more clearly. But then I got distracted with my family. When I looked up again, I noticed it had gone. It, well, it wasn't there anymore. I should explain that I did feel a presence the whole time I was there and I felt like my energy was being zapped in some way. The longer I stayed there, the more I felt drained of energy, like something was just sucking it out of me. I was even pulling myself up the steps to the car park by the handrail, and that is not like me at all. When I left there, my energy did start to come back slowly. It did take some time though. It wasn't until later at that night I was speaking to Emma and I realised that what I saw yesterday 
Could have been a shimmer person. I just thought I'd share it with you. Sarah. I asked Sarah how she was feeling after being home for a night. And she said she was feeling better. She said, I'm feeling okay today. My energy seems to be back to normal. But yeah, yesterday I did feel weak when I was there. I was there for about three hours. But I think if I'd have stayed longer, I would have felt really poorly. Elmo was telling me about your experience at Danesdyke too. There's something definitely there, isn't there? Yes, there is definitely something there at Danesdyke. He kept himself hidden when I visited. You couldn't see him, but you could feel him. And he was up on the incline and he just stalked that edge, watching us all as we walked. You could walk in and out of energy there. I remember Deb Singleton was pushed and she heard whispering voices around her. I felt off kilter the minute we turned in and I was distracted by the spirit of a girl as we entered the lane. I was physically sick at one point and ended up curled over in the railing. So we didn't have to see him to be affected by him. Our mere presence was enough. He has his method so down pat after all these centuries. You're like a small bird in his hand. He took from all of us that night. Why did Sarah see him as light and shimmering? Well, he may have changed his appearance to a way that only Sarah could see him. She may have seen his energy form or one of his many disguises. Or is he the same negative soul that stalks the cliffs at Bempton? I don't think so, but if so, he's already shown himself in one way or another to her. So she was spooked, but she wasn't scared. She went back the next day to the same area when it happened at Bempton. And after that visit, she felt his energy coming ever closer to her home. Her visit to Dane Stike is important somehow. Enough that he didn't plan on scaring her that day. Is there something about Sarah that attracts him? Is her energy something he can use to free himself from that land? He only needs one human to offer him a home, and the deal is then made. Or is he picking and choosing be like humans do? On a cheese board at a banquet? There are several ghost stories from the dike and people have had feelings of oppression and dread. The ghost of a headless woman has also been reported there. And a spectral white lady. All classic fear-inducing horrors. Is this being so intelligent he can move with the times? One moment is a headless horror to the next a modern day shimmer being. The simple answer is we don't know. Everything's conjecture. What we do know is some beings are showing themselves to more and more people. We know the reports are on the increase alarmingly and there seems to be no let up in that. Every day now I receive a report from someone in the UK who's seen something impossible that they're really struggling with. I receive more and more reports from adults who have experienced some awful things of the supernatural kind as children. Or adults like Nika, who suddenly encounter a creature after never experiencing any activity of any kind in their life. This isn't just in the UK, the increase is worldwide. More and more witnesses are coming forward. More and more reports are shared with friends and family. And we can begin to see some clues. We know that these beings can shapeshift. 
we know that they are found in areas where there have been multiple types of activity from cryptid creatures, the paranormal, UFO accounts. We know that they're found in areas of higher strangeness where lots of missing people are reported, missing pets, missing animals. One such area that has been known for strange activity like this is Epping Forest. And I've had a report come in recently after I mentioned Epping Forest during an earlier podcast. In the same week, I received an email also centred around Epping Forest. This witness report came in from a chap who we shall call M. And he says, hi, Deborah, I got in touch with you as I feel that there are definitely Bigfoot and Dogman creatures in Epping Forest. I believe the four-foot hunched-over creature that was seen by our Dainty, the landlady there, would have been a young dogman, as they have the hairy hunch on their back, and it fits really well with her description. I'm from London, originally born and bred. When I was a young man, I was always over at Ackney Marshes with my girlfriend. One night, we were having a drink over the marshes, and it got dark, and the only way back to the River Lee was over a large, abandoned factory's footings, the kind of concrete things that were still there. They were about 10 feet off the ground. My girlfriend was really drunk, so I had to carry her over those footings, which were about five feet wide. And I was walking with her in my arms. I saw what I thought was a seven foot tall man. He was about 50 feet away from me at this point. And then it leapt onto part of the concrete structure and just hung there for about five seconds. Then without warning, it just dropped down into the long grass and the bushes. As I walked past it, I knew it was still nearby watching me. As I've gotten older, I've come to realise that was no man, as that leap that it made would have broken a normal man's legs. I'm 55 now, and I live in Lancashire, and I lost my urge to enter the woods or places like that a very long time ago. Irene Dayty was the landlady who was mentioned by M. In November of 1980, a local paper reported that Irene Dainty encountered a four-foot hairy creature that had large feet and animal-like eyes, and it was found close to her home. The creature ran off, jumped over the wall of the nearby Three Jolly Wheelers pub, and was gone. In 2014, I received a report from a chap named Gary, who lives adjacent to Epping Forest. Gary wrote into BBR because he lives very close to Epping Forest, And there is a farm there where lots of people uh, live with the horses, so lots of people own them, but they stay at the one stables. Now, Gary said that himself and a number of the neighbours had been talking about a couple of incidents where three or four horses had been slashed over a number of months. And Gary said, the area they kept in isn't the easiest to get into. There are muddy fields on one side, and the other side butts up to the M25 motorway. There's also an industrial unit next to the stables and that's got CCTV and it's gated. So how would people get into the stable yard unseen? Gaddy said, I believe the claw marks were around the neck and the flanks of the horses. He said, I'm very suspicious, obviously due to the animal tax and I'm not leaving anything to chance. He said, one night I heard a howl that I cannot explain. The night it happened, I was relaxing on the sofa, just watching the moon through the patio doors, when I thought I heard a howl. A howl that sounded out of place. I couldn't place it, couldn't recognise the noise. Now, to anyone else, they wouldn't think anything of it, I don't think, but I took note of this weird howl, due to those horses being messed with in the forest. 
It may be in a deer calling or a fox or an owl or a dog's, but there's only a few dogs around here. And they're not out at night and they don't make noises like that. This stood out to me as unusual. There wasn't any wind. It wasn't a night that the local club was open. There was no people milling around. It was a distinct howl, one long one. And I judged it to be within a mile of the house. I hunt, I do bushcraft, I'm outdoors a lot. And I'm usually out there alone. We have had cats go missing from around here and no dead carcasses have ever been found. I've shared with you a strange invisible creature before over at Blackway Pond in Epping. Um, and that experience happened to Chris Huff when he was a young teenager. He was there with his friend and they were fishing. And something completely invisible could be heard on the gravel behind them. It had such an effect on Chris that he spent his entire life investigating in the, the unknown, the impossible, the supernatural. Chris shared some of his notes with me on Epping Forest and a weird event that happened to himself. And he said, we went to the Lawton camp. Um, and I thought it was a rather peaceful place. Indeed, most of the fort was. But the further one went into the interior and approached the rear of it, in those areas that fewer people would visit, the stranger the place began to feel. On one of my visits, I was convinced that I heard the sounds of footsteps following me. So I ducked out of sight and I waited. I didn't see anything. And this was Epping Forest after all, and who knows what could have followed me in there. But when I stopped walking, so did the footsteps. They didn't start again once I set off. There was also a feeling of being watched in this part of the fort. Not exactly hostile, but then again, not friendly either. This presence has been reported by others walking in the area as well, Chris said. One other thing to note, perhaps, was that our dog didn't like that area either. And while usually be running free, well away from me, running back here and there, and he'd choose to do that, but not there. He was absolutely around my legs, almost tripping me up. He was looking round and he was definitely nervous. These are just some of the notes I've made about the area, Deb. There's an old tale from 1313 of a hermit named Kate who lived within a cellar in the woods. Reported, among other things, are drumming rhythmic sounds shadows, people being followed or start within the woods. Strange ghostly lights and mists. In 2004, a witness named Lee said, myself and two friends had been there at the camp one night and the wind really began to blow, making the trees creak and whistle as the wind rushed through them. The atmosphere was really edgy and we retreated through the woods back to the car almost immediately. I wonder if anyone has investigated here or knows anything more about these sites. Another witness stated, I wasn't sure whether to even enter this post, as it all seemed too weird, but this is what happened to me at Lawton Camp. My friend and I were chilling up at the beginning of the foot of the hill for a while before dusk, and spent an hour undisturbed by humans. We were a fair way into the forest, and up to that point we had heard nothing but animals. As it got darker and darker, we decided to leave. But I had to take a leak, so first I was off doing my thing, and we both heard this deepish drum banging in a slow, rhythmic way, and it was coming from somewhere in the woods. I kind of joked about it, but to be honest, we both felt a bit freaked, and it was getting pretty dark at that point. The most odd thing, though, was this deep groaning we heard as we were walking briskly out of the woods. 
He seemed very low and I asked my mate to stop and listen, but he was too scared. I wasn't even up there for investigating. We were just chilling. The drumming was totally bizarre and we heard or saw no one or no unnatural noises other than the two that I've described. Another account on a paranormal thread states, on one occasion in the 1970s during the day, a friend and myself were at the camp and it was overcast, very little wind was around. We were pelted with these beech nuts and we moved and we got pelted again. And then realisation dawned on us that we were standing under oak trees. There were no beeches. I kept a beech nut from my parka's hood for years after that as a reminder. A fitness trainee got more than he bargained for on a run one day close to hollow ponds in Epic. Um, happened in 2008 and it said, Park officials have denied a creature is on the loose in Wanstead Woods after a strange hairy bear-like animal was spotted by a fisherman. Trainee fitness instructor Michael Kent said he was stunned when he saw the dark hairy creature during an evening's fishing trip in the Hollow Ponds area of Epping Forest on the border between Wanstead and Leightonstow. Mr Kent, who was 18 at the time, said, I was there with my dad and my brother. I was walking over to where my brother was when I heard this rustling sound. I looked over and I saw this strange dark figure and it resembled a bear. It was hunched over and I could see they had a really hairy back. I think it must have heard me and scampered off into the bushes. You know, after a couple of seconds, it was gone. It was getting dark, but I still managed to get a good look at it. It was about four foot tall, so it was too small to be a human, but not the right shape to be a deer. It didn't have long legs or anything like that. I've been fishing in the area since I was five years old, and I've seen deer and dogs and even a cow before but never anything like this. My dad and my brother weren't so sure, they just laughed about it, but I really do believe I saw it. It would be good if there were bears around here because it would mean that we have other wildlife, as long as they don't go around attacking people. I am definitely a nature lover, but I cannot agree with Mr Kent. I don't fancy coming across a bear of any description whilst out visiting a forest in a country where you can't own a gun. The creature described sounds very similar to the one Irene Dainty saw, which is just north of this area in 1980. I think this creature has been there for much longer. If we disregard a report of a bear seen in 2012 that was purported to be a very large dog owned by an English recording artist, there are still many other reports that happened before in this area that would suggest the world's oldest living dog or something else is stalk in this area. You know, there are also the Hackney Marsh bear accounts where a number of children were chased by two bears in the 1970s. Where we find people, we find creatures that scare and prey on those people. It has happened since the dawn of time and it will continue on long after I'm gone. A proverbial war between good and evil. The witnesses to these creatures must now be in the millions worldwide. Yet there's still a stigma if you witness something yourself. Why? Why should we be made to feel ashamed or like a liar because of an event we had no control over? To me, that shame is to stop me searching for answers. It stops me conforming and fitting in. I'd rather be a weirdo any day than a person plugged into so-called reality. Seeing and experiencing things is my reality. 
And it is also the reality of thousands of others here on this island. We should be listened to and offered ways to explore what happened to us, not shunned and made to feel less of a person. We need to understand why people have these experiences, how to help them with what's happening around them and how to identify the being that taunts them and hopefully help them find a way of ridding themselves of its grasp. Doors should be opened, not slammed shut in our faces. Conversations should be had, not avoided. As I said earlier, lack of fear can be the key. If you can face what fears you and take it back, you get your control back. And it can also close that activity down in the area completely. But it takes time to build that strength of will. But if you're determined enough, it will happen. I was more scared than a mouse for decades. And now I'd fight like a lion if I had to, to help just one other person. It's why I'm here. It's what I was made for. And I know I'm not alone. So many of you feel the same. Thank you to every witness who reached out to me and allowed me to share their very personal experiences with you all. It wasn't easy for them, and we appreciate that. And to any witness out there who are coming to terms with what happened to them, just know that we're here if you need a listening ear or a strong boot to kick down some doors. And thank you to my regulars and new listeners. Without you guys, there would be nowhere for these people to share, no place to voice a truth and have it listened to. Each and every week, you do that for them. And I don't think you realise what a huge part you play. Your very acceptance is a breath of fresh air for me and many others. And I thank you for that. I will be back next week with a whole host of new reports. I have some interviews with witnesses to share over the coming weeks as well. And I hope you will join me as I welcome them to our community. Thank you so much for tuning in tonight. And to everybody in the chat on YouTube, you're absolutely amazing because you're always there week in, week out. And I appreciate that more than you know. Have a fantastic week. Stay safe and good night, everyone.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.